0: Thanks for tuning in to The Spectator. For this weekend only, we have a Black Friday offer for listeners. You can get 12 weeks of The Spectator in print and online for just £12, plus a £20 gift card to spending either John Lewis or Waitrose. Offer ends midnight on Monday. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash sale.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency. I would like to remind you all that we have just launched our print edition and I'd like to encourage you all to subscribe. You can do that by going to www.spectator.us forward slash subscribe uh, and there you can take advantage of our various offers I'm joined today by Matt MacDonald, who is Spectator USA's managing editor. And we're going to be asking if Bernie Sanders is going to win the Democratic nomination. Uh, now, Matt, you were in Atlanta last week for the Democratic TV debate. And you came back with the strong impression that Bernie Sanders is doing a lot better than the media gives him credit for. Let's look at the polls. You can see Bernie Sanders is, is rising. What do you think is going on?
0: Well, I mean, there's there's this strange paradox with the Bernie Sanders campaign in that they thrive off the impression that, like Trump, they kind of like to run against the media and say that Bernie doesn't get a fair shake in the media, and therefore that's not reflecting the polls. But then at the same time, you watch them getting consistent poll success, arguably. So the night before the debate last week, I went to a Bernie campaign event. In a bar in downtown Atlanta, where Renee Spellman was one of the speakers there, who's Bernie's deputy campaign manager, and within the space of two sentences, she was referring to polls that we don't care about, and then a second later, she was referring to a six, the fact that they're at a six-month polling high. So you, they're really having their cake and eating it. If you look in national polls at the moment, in the most recent Real Clear Politics average, Bernie Sanders is is second. You have four candidates who are in double digits in recent polls, Biden, Sanders, Warren, and now Buttigieg, and then an enormous gap between them and everyone behind them. And yet of those top four, Biden and Warren are the ones who've had the biggest coverage as as front runners. And then over the last week or so, Pete Buttigieg has come more into the, the frame and being taken more seriously. And yet it's, it is strange that Bernie Sanders seems to be written off by the kind of mainstream establishment. And yet since polling started in most states, he has got single digits maybe three times. And other than that, he's been consistently over 10%. He's on eight, he's, he's on 18.3 nationally uh, in the most recent average. And then he also polls well in early primary states like Iowa and New Hampshire, which is particularly interesting when you consider so many of the lower tier candidates have got this... Strategy, which is effectively Iowa or bust, Kamala Harris at the moment is heavily depending on getting a good result in the Iowa primary in order to for her to consider staying in the race. What's she polling at in Iowa? In Iowa, Kamala Harris is at 3.3%, which is 15 points behind Bernie. Bernie's in second with 18.3.
1: It's, it's interesting you're talking about Buttigieg because I think there was a big assumption when everybody thought Warren was going to be the nominee about a month ago. And the assumption was that Warren would eat up Bernie Sanders' vote as the sort of radical left vote. But yes, in but fact, what seems to have happened Buttigieg is that has eaten into Warren's the and that has I helped being...
0: Bernie. I think there's an there's an argument for that. It's more that Buttigieg and Warren both had this sense, I think, of being a shiny, fairly viral candidate, which doesn't necessarily translate into general election success and doesn't necessarily translate into voting success in the primary, but it's just about who's getting the most positive press at a given moment. And therefore, that trade-off and that equation doesn't really affect Bernie Sanders, because as he would argue, he's not getting the press anyway.
1: And I mean, I don't think that celebrity endorsements tend to matter at all, but Bernie's celebrity endorsements are kind of cooler, I think it's fair to say, and perhaps in Democratic primaries, cool votes do matter. Bernie's celebrity endorsements are are cooler than um, the others,
0: I think. Almost everyone else is, Cardi B last week. Well, yeah, Bernie is cool. I think it's fair to to say that. He's had Cardi B, the rapper, as a supporter for a while. Ariana Grande has supposedly... Well, she'd previously endorsed Harris in the election, but I think now she's backing Bernie, seeing that's a a winning horse. You've got other people like Emily Ratajkowski...
1: You've just admitted that you think Ariana Grande is cool.
0: I do think Ariana Grande is cool. You're going to stick with that. 100%. It's a great it imagine, imagines a <laughs> Ariana great Ariana Grande a great is cool. song. But yeah, so and then You're also other people, that. he's got Emily Ratajkowski, he's got Danny DeVito who is also a cool older person I would definitely argue. And all of those, you know, endorsements make up the, for the fact that political endorsements are are fewer and far between compared to other candidates. You know, he's got 3 of the 4 members of the squad, so he's got AOC, Ilhan Omar, and Claib. But then by and large, it's Biden and the other candidates have been the ones who've been picking up endorsements from other senators. But I think if you've got the celebrities, then that's a, that's a fair trade off, because ultimately people probably care more about who John Mulaney wants to be the, dom- the Democratic nominee than they care about who Senator Diane Feinstein wants to be the, the Democratic nominee. So, And do
1: you think that the reason these celebrities like him and the reason that kind of cool young progressives like him is because he feels authentic? He ran as a the anti-establishment candidate in 2016. Yeah, he's been doing. He's been this radical for this long. It's a bit like the way you know grime people in London like Corbyn. It's because he's just been around long enough to seem real yeah, in a world of very candidate. phony politicians.
0: I've got two answers to this question. My deeply cynical answer would be: you could argue that because Bernie Sanders is the most viral candidate, and most of these uh, media success is predicated off trending topics. They could just be endorsing Bernie because they know that it'll be be good for their SEO ranking on, on the internet. But what I actually think is, yeah, I, I think that Bernie Sanders, the the spine of his last two campaigns have been authenticity. It's the it's the fact that he can say, look, I've been saying for 40 years, these things, which now everyone agrees is the way forward for the, the democratic movement. And, you know, at the event I was at last week, Another cool celebrity, Killer Mike, who from the rap uh, duo Run the Jewels, he's a Bernie surrogate and has been. He was in twenty sixteen as well, and he said, "You know that the, the national conversation has already. This is a direct quote: the national conversation has already been pushed forward because of the work you did four years ago. Now we're coming for for the trophy." I think that, that that's a almost a, a perfect cross section between why the celebrities are interested in in Bernie because it's authenticity, but then also. It it shows the extent to which he shifted the Overton window in terms of what's an acceptable thing for a democratic candidate to talk about and where. Well, and that came out that came out in the debate, didn't it? Because
1: I think they were asking Warren about Medicare for all, and yeah. then they put a couple of other candidates spoke about it, and then Bernie chipped in and said, "I wrote uh, the damn Can bill." Can I say something? Because I wrote the bill. Yeah. And so he he sort of claims to be the original guy who's pushed the party to the left. And now they're all trying to be like him.
0: Well, it's the fact that that's happened is is basically, I think, tripped up most of the other candidates who thought they could have been serious contenders. You know, Kamala Harris initially pitched further left on Medicare for all than she probably should have in retrospect, and now she's you know had to change her plan to say, well, actually, we'll work work with some private insurers. Cory Booker. A lot of people thought, oh, he he could have a decent chance in the centre-left lane. But then ultimately, early in the primary, he, he's pitched too far to the left and therefore hasn't been able to build the support. And the reason why you can't build that support if you're a newer candidate is if you look at Bernie, you know, he's the person who's who's been always saying it. He's the person who's performed particularly well in the in the previous democratic primary in 2016. So therefore if you're a if you're a primary voter you're saying well why would i believe Kamala Harris on healthcare over Bernie Sanders? Why would i be why would i believe co- that Cory Booker is more authentic progressive than Bernie? It's cuz Bernie has been saying these things since he's, you know, mayor of Burlington.
1: So what you're saying is I mean you're saying it very well but it's it's quite obvious isn't it that you know being a phony lefty, phony populist
0: doesn't really work. Yeah, and i think you, tra- traditionally they would always say the way that you're meant to operate depending on either political party is you swing hard to the fringe in the primary and then try and bring it back home by the time you get to the general election then moderate what what your views I think a lot of people had those that suspicion about Elizabeth Warren Elizabeth Warren kind of splits splits people because obviously you have some billionaires like Michael Bloomberg who think that Warren is enough of a threat to the status quo that it's worth him entering the race but then also you you have this this numbing gnawing ignoring feeling potentially that Warren is bringing up her progressive credentials now, but then will pitch back hard to being a Hillary Clinton DNC favorite as soon as the general uh, happens and if she's the nominee with it's, Bernie, it's Sand- with Bernie mentioned- Sanders, that suspicion's not there. With Bernie, that suspicion's not there. Like I don't I don't think Bernie has diluted who he is like in the last four years. I don't think Bernie's really diluted who he is in the last forty years. And that—that's well, that, that, actually. That reason, that's...
1: It's interesting you say that because I think at the beginning of his campaign this time, there was definitely an attempt to make him a more polished, modern candidate. I mean, they started dressing him in suits. They started sort of trying to make him say, tried to make him more of a sort of focus group type politician. Certainly, I remember his first appearance on CNN as a presidential candidate in 2020. He—he—he he, he came across as a very different type of candidate to what he was in 2016. And I think they've just found his campaign have found that that d- didn't really work for him. So he seems to have gone back to the Bernie of 2016 and he's, you know, he's back to wearing crumpled suits.
0: So you, want, you initially initially they're trying to portray him like he's an elder statesman and therefore, you know, he's a, a an elder statesman type politician rather yeah, than, yeah. you know, a, a crumpled university lecturer of Soviet history. Yes, exactly. But ultimately that's what people like about him.
1: People like the crumpled Bernie. They don't want the polished one. It's interesting you mentioned Bloomberg too because... I did this piece on Sunday saying um, I thought that Bloomberg's entrance into the race actually helped Sanders. And I wonder whether for all Bloomberg talks about, you know, or, or Bloomberg's people talk about the threat of Warren, perhaps what yeah. they're really worried about is that they can look they look very deeply at the polling and they can see that Bernie is still a major, major threat to them or to the Democratic establishment for want of a better word
0: I think it's possible I think in terms of media attention the Bloomberg campaign is a is a shot in the arm for for Bernie prior to this race you didn't really have like a tangible pair off like yes I know that Tom Steyer is in the race and he is technically a billionaire but he's the two to three billion dollar billionaire whereas Michael Bloomberg is one of the top 20 richest people in the world I think he's the ninth richest man in America so he's a, a very tangible foil for everything that Particularly, Sanders and, and Warren are supposed to be running against you. You basically have that trade-off where, where Donald Trump in 2016 was able to say, you know, the establishment is corrupt, and Sanders and Warren are the candidates on on that fringe of the Democratic Party who are trying to employ the same thing as in it's trying to em- employ people's mistrust of the political of politicians and the political establishment in order to enable them to decide who the correct politician to elect is.
1: And if you think about 2016 and the Republican nomination, it's pretty much accepted now that that was uh, an insurgent eating an established party, an established and, and slightly decaying party, or at least a party that had become disconnected from its voters. And Trump totally overturned that. You could say that 2016, Bernie would have done the same had he not been stopped by hook or by crook. By Hillary Clinton, so that just retarded this process, which is now happening four years on, assuming that he wins, which is still a big assumption.
0: Yeah, I think that that is true. I think it's a point which John McArthur made very well in his cover piece for our November issue. He basically alluded to the fact that there was this fear that rather than just than just replacing the staff of who is in the White House, Bernie Sanders would want to replace the staff of who is in the DNC. But you could almost argue that there is a there's a strong case that that should happen, given that you know, the Democrats lost in 2016 and didn't see that coming. They didn't play a particularly strategic game in terms of how the Electoral College works. And so, yeah, I think I think that that argument makes sense to a lot of people.
1: And do we have a sense of, you know, we, we often hear that Trump is more afraid of Biden than he is of Elizabeth Warren. But do we know what team Trump thinks at the moment about Bernie. I mean, I suspect they think they could beat him because he's too far to the left of the American middle. But I think they'd also know that a lot of Trump voters could easily go to Bernie.
0: Well, obviously, there's the there's the big American curse word, which is the S word of socialism. But the the issue, I think, with Trump is, with calling every single Democratic candidate a socialist, you become a case of the boy who cries wolf and that Bernie Sanders is authentically and proudly a Democratic socialist. He He embraces that label and therefore it may be, if if bernie's the nominee it, it it might just prove hard prove a bit more of a challenge to differentiate him and say well actually no he's like a real socialist rather than just a a center leftist i think trump thinks that he'd relish a campaign against bernie but then i think that bernie's an interesting proposition because we assume, like a lot of people in pri- like previously in this race have assumed you know Elizabeth Warren will pick off Bernie's people, but I think that a lot of Bernie's base are you know unions who traditionally may be more inclined to go for a candidate like Joe Biden, who claims the mantle of being a, like a proud union guy for his entire career, and he may be a more more logical candidate for those people to jump to. But, and a lot of those people might be in you know Rust Belt states like Pennsylvania and Ohio, which which have proved crucial in the general election. I I wouldn't say, say you know to to our central question of is bernie sanders going to win the democratic primary i'm not certain that he is but i think considering the top four he's the he's the main kind of constant in terms of his holding support so you'd say he's definitely second firmly over the last over the last year is he doing better
1: cuz one thing that let him down in 2016 was uh, african american support hillary clinton got vast majority of african american primary voters they didn't african american voters didn't come out for an sufficient force to win her the presidency. But is there any sign that he's impro- his, his vote share is improving among African-Americans? Because it's pretty hard to win the Democratic nomination unless you have quite a large number of black voters behind you.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, Joe Biden is the, is the, is the white candidate who's leading with black voters more than, more than Bernie is. But his, he, is, he has got a better showing with African-American voters than he had in 2016. And you, part of that is probably down to the familiarity. For example, you know, in in South, well, in South Carolina at the moment, Bernie's at 12.8%. Uh, South South Carolina of the early primary states is the most ethnically diverse. Biden, however, ha- hasn't polled below 30% in South Carolina in the last month. So it would be tough to say that if it, if it came to a head to head between Biden and Bernie, that the African American vote would side with Bernie. But it's a better, it's a better showing. And it seems like he's Somewhat over overcome that hurdle, particularly in contrast to other leading candidates like Buttigieg.
1: But that's that's the interesting thing about Biden is that I mean, we we can talk about Bernie being sort of the Trump-like candidate within the Democratic Party, but yeah. Biden is also like Trump in 2016 in that he's way ahead in the polls. Everybody keeps saying, "Ignore that," you know. Yeah. He'll, he'll it'll crash into political reality at some point, but yet in a way, it's self-sustaining. You know, the, the longer he's he's so far ahead in the polls, the more he will become the obvious choice.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe people care more uh, if you're polished. Maybe people care, you know, they don't care as much if you, you know, screw up what you're saying every, almost every day. Perhaps people don't care as much about what the pundits on MSNBC and CNN think about you as a candidate and think about your chances. Because ultimately, I think people are, the thing which people have taken from 2016 is a scepticism of all of those traditional establishment forces and therefore you know even though biden is a you know he's a much more moderate and seemingly safe candidate who you know I for example i speak to my republican relatives who vote for trump and they freak out about the possibility of a sanders warren presidency but if i say to them well i think biden's gonna be the nominee they're like mm, i could live with that i think a lot of people think that about biden and yet that is a sensibility which a lot of the media doesn't necessarily capture and and but ultimately that's probably more likely to decide votes than what a given, you know, New York Times columnist is saying, or what a given CNN pundit is saying.
1: It's also interesting too that if it, you know, if we say it's Biden and Bernie are, are the most the two, well, and Warren shouldn't be discounted so quickly. But at the moment, it looks to me as though Biden and Bernie are the other two most likely. Buttigieg is is rising as well. I know, but those two are probably the least politically correct of the Democratic candidates, and. You know, Bernie tries to, to say the right things, but
0: he just... They're, they're proper subsidiarians, yeah.
1: Exactly. But but Bernie tries to do it, but he just can't do it. He can't speak woke. And when he does, it just sounds funny. And it's actually, it actually almost makes him more endearing because he's so awkward about it. And yeah. uh, Biden occasionally tries to say sort of PC things, but generally he just shoots off the, off the hip. And I mean, I think voters, Democratic voters, seem to warm to them precisely because they're not good at this... Woke talk, which is popular among the the base and among the squad fans, but not really across America.
0: Well, remember Bernie? In it was either the first week or the second week of after he would announced his 2020 candidacy, he basically said, "I don't think that candidate. I don't think that people should make up their mind based on identity politics. As in, you shouldn't vote for a female candidate because you're a woman and she's a woman. You shouldn't vote." For African American candidate, because you're African American, you should look at the mani- look at the manifestos, look at the policies, and make up your mind. At the time, you know, a, a lot of left wing media wasn't particularly happy with Bernie for saying that, but I think ultimately it's it's borne out. And the fact that you know all of the, if you look at Bernie's support, it's it's a much more diverse coalition of voters. If you look at the celebrities who who are endorsing him, they they are of all kind of like racial backgrounds, uh, sexualities, etc. So it, it it seems that people are prepared to judge candidates like bernie and biden on their deeds rather than their words as in like biden might say something spurious and ridiculous about domestic violence against women as he did in atlanta last week but ultimately people will look at him and think well what's he campaigned for and voted for for most of his career and broadly speaking you know while some of the while some of the decisions that joe biden made in like the 1980s don't really meet the woke criteria of 2019 in general, you would look at his record and say that he's been an ally to the cause, which you know most most voters would want to push.
1: the The, the line you're talking about is where he said about how to deal with domestic violence: you need to just keep punching it. Just keep punching that... it and punching it and punching it. <laughs> uh, extraordinary. Um, all right, Matt. Well, lastly, I'm going to I'm going to make you call it. You're going to have to tell me. Do you think Bernie Sanders is going to win the nomination?
0: Ah, uh, no. No, I don't. But it's I, I think that he's going to be in the in the final three. But then even even that, that's not much of a prediction. However, I'm famously wrong at a lot of predictions. So,
1: well, we will come back and discuss this when we know whether you're right.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. Are you going to mention our Black Friday deal as well?
1: Oh, yeah. Good point. Let's mention the Black Friday deal. Listen. Three on.
0: issues for three dollars. Offer ends Monday. And thank you for getting the cheapest possible guests on Black Friday. It's a very, <laughs> very much tradition.
1: Thank you for joining us on Black Friday and this Thanksgiving weekend. Happy Thanksgiving. To happy Thanksgiving. Give us tradition. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Americano. And I'd like to encourage you all to give us your feedback, positive comments or constructive comments only, please, to podcast at spectator.co.uk and say anything you like there as long as it's reasonably polite.